Welcome to Unlocking Impact. I'm your host, Sarah Schoenfeld, CEO of the Trade Impact Foundation. In this podcast, we explore issues at the intersection of the global economy, sustainability, and human rights. In today's episode, I speak with Alexian or Ali Wines about how to be an inclusive leader and why fostering an inclusive culture can be beneficial for any organization. Ali currently serves as as the Chief Operating Officer at Bauer Group Asia, a strategic advisory firm that specializes in the Asia-Pacific. Ali previously served at the White House for eight years working under President Bill Clinton as well as George W. Bush. As a member of the National Security Council, she played a key role in the coordination and implementation of the president's agendas, and she frequently accompanied President Bush on international trips to promote his foreign policy agendas. Ali is passionate about working with students and leadership teams and is a regular motivational speaker for high school and college students. She's also one of my personal mentors, and I'm so excited to speak with her today about this important topic. Allie, welcome to Unlocking Impact. Thank you, Sarah. First, please allow me to say thank you for allowing me to be your guest today. I hope that you and our listeners are doing well as we continue to navigate through this global pandemic. Uh, you know that I am a huge supporter of the Trade Impact Foundation, and you especially. So I am thrilled to be on this podcast with you. So kind of you to say. Thank you so much. And let's get started. First of all, you talk a lot about, you know, mental health for your teams and, you know, individuals all over. When we're living right now in a very hybrid, remote, you know, work from home, work from anywhere atmosphere, what are some ways that you've seen where you can be an inclusive leader, be mindful of you know, not just the experience, but also the mental health of your team when you're not necessarily sitting side by side in the office? Is there is there some tips that you can offer to leaders, whether they're leaders, you know, at, at the high executive level or even at the manager level where you're trying to connect to your teams, but you may not be sitting with them every day? Uh, well, that is, that's a great question. So, I think first and foremost, right, we we have all the tools that we need to communicate well. There's no shortage of devices that are dinging at us or emails that are reachable, phones that's, that work. Although, honestly, I'm not sure how many people use the phone anymore, but I still do in the spirit of full disclosure. And I think that, you know, the biggest thing that COVID has done for us is it's literally taken you know, especially as we've gone into this kind of work from home environment, it was really easy way back when to see a group of colleagues who may have the same title working on the same floor in cubicles next to each other. And you assume, and, and I think it's, it's not an, it's just something that, that we just hadn't talked about enough, but we assume that all lives, all home environments, all day-to-day workloads are the same, but they're not, right? And as soon as we came into the to the homes, into the offices, into the makeshift offices that may be the dining room doubling as the new office, as soon as we started to hear and see that some of our colleagues were really struggling with maybe bringing in parents 
to, to live with them or now becoming not only a full-time employee, but also a full-time educator. All of a sudden, we got a different perspective on what life looks like for our colleagues and even their perspective on what our life looks like. And it really has been a, you know, the job may be created equal, if you will, but it doesn't mean that the lives that are filling them are created equal. So my first and best and most important recommendation to any leader, any manager out there is know your team. Understand who they are, what makes them tick, what their life is like when when the camera goes off right? What are they dealing with? And if you can build upon that understanding, not only does it give you the opportunity to say, Hey, wait, you're, wait a minute. <laughs> you are, you're, you're telling me that you're teaching your, your children from 9am to, to 11am. Why don't we work together to find something that doesn't have you doubling as teacher and employee during this time? And, and being able to show that flexibility, that empathy, I think is, is a really, really important and necessary tool as we continue to work through this pandemic. And, and just life in general, right? We're in a new, completely new era in business. And being mindful of that, that, that we'll, we'll likely never go back to where we once were, right? It's, it's just a whole yeah. new world. Yeah, but you know, so as we increase that flexibility and we increase the that empathy, which is so important. I think there probably are many leaders out there who are concerned that, you know, if you provide all this flexibility and if you if you are so focused on making your teams feel happier or helping their mental health as a a very big priority, that some of the focus on providing quality work and contributing to the organization may be lacking. Can you speak to that in terms of striking a balance between we want to support our teams and every individual needs that support and needs to know that that's available, but also encouraging every teammate to bring their best self to work and contribute to the team? Yep, that's that's a great question. I think so much of this really does fall back into company culture. You know, gosh, I, there's there's so so many. I could talk about this for a really really long time. Did you see Did you see the Netflix thing that just came out? I don't know if you saw that. No. What What was that? So there was a recent memo sent to the personnel working at Netflix, and I think there's been a lot of controversy lately about the products that Netflix puts out and whether the employees feel that the products are reflecting their own values. Um, accurately. And Netflix leadership put together a very long memo explaining, look, these are the values that we have in the company. This is the characteristics we'd like to see from the people who work at our Mm -hmm. company. And on and on from there, I I could keep going. It was kind of fascinating. But the tone was very interesting because the tone left a lot of commentators saying, well, Netflix said, if you're not happy here, go somewhere else. If you're not the right fit for our company, go somewhere else. It was very interesting Mm. to see that come out in today's corporate environment because there are these important decisions that need to be made in terms of values, policies, how we're going to support our people and balance staying true to our product and what we want to provide to our customers. 
it's it's just I, I'm not commenting one way or another on it. I I find it fascinating. The memo you should look at it. Yeah, no, that's really really interesting, and and I will definitely check it out. And and it's true, right? I mean, there are, it's it's like anything. You know, I believe that, for example, with with our company with Bauer Group Asia, whenever we're doing interviews. I always, always, always want to make sure that the fit is not just one-sided, right? That we are not just acquiring talent because, oh, the, you have a, you did a, a really great interview and you have X, Y, and Z that, that, that checks the requirements, but rather that, you know, that the fit is right, that, you know, that, that you're somebody who believes that culture is important, that wants to be part of a mission, that you also are asking questions to things that fit into your day-to-day, right? I mean, lots of times I'll, I'll even say in an interview, I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downey here, but I definitely want you to know if you are looking for a nine to five job, our company is not for you. Mm-hmm. As a global company, we know we're going to be on calls early in the morning, maybe late in the evening, and the middle of the day may be the typical person's dinner time. But that's such a great, you know what, that's such a great approach, right? Transparency, honesty. You know, when you're when someone is interviewing, it's going both ways, like you said, right? You want it to be a good fit for the interviewer, but you also want, sorry, you want the interviewer to be a good fit for your company as an employee, but you also want the company to be a good fit for that specific person. That's exactly right. And I think that that's what's so important because, right, talent acquisition comes at a cost and turnover because the fit isn't right comes at an even higher cost. Oh, yeah. So if we can get that right from the beginning by being transparent, by setting expectations, I mean, there are some, there are plenty of people who really, really thrive in the nine to five. There are others who say, you know what? I love this. I love this international component. I have no problem being up really early or really late, you know, and, and I can do, I can do my, my normal evening things in the middle of the day. So if you love flexibility, if you like being able to maybe run your kids to school and, and, and manage your own day, that's, that's going to be a plus for a company like ours. Yeah. Yep. And for other people, it would be, it would, it wouldn't work for their lives or their, or how they want to spend their day, how they want their work. They want routine. They want nine to five or nine nine to six, nine to seven, whatever it is, close your computer. But that transparency is so important. I think also as we go forward and we have this new generation coming into the workplace, there's a lot of balance there and communication that's going to matter when you're onboarding individuals who they may have certain expectations in terms of, I want flexibility. That's wonderful. But I think having a company, being able to communicate, yes, we're going to support you. We're going to, we care about you. We absolutely do. But we also need you to work hard. That's really hard to communicate. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) But you know, here's the thing, what I have found in my career and even even in my life today, right? When you have passion about what you're doing and purpose, you know, I had a, a professor years ago who said, if you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really another important piece. You know, we've seen so much about the great resignation during yes. COVID, right? People really looking at their lives and saying, is this where I want to be? And is this what I want to spend the majority of my waking hours doing? 
And and we've seen that that lots and lots and lots of people have said no, it's not. And and I think that you know companies have to be really, really. It, it's not enough anymore to just get a paycheck, right? People are saying, I want purpose. I want to feel like I'm contributing to the greater good. And what does that look like? And I think companies have to be able to respond. Yes, are there always going to be successful companies that that maybe don't spend a ton of time in purpose? Probably, right? Probably. But if you're looking for the employees who want to grow with you, who want to be invested, who want the passion then I think as corporations, as companies, it, it's it's imperative to be crystal clear on who you are, what you stand for, and and make sure that that people know you're invested in them the same way that you expect them to be invested in the company. So if you are speaking to somebody and you're trying to lay out the business case for an inclusive culture, how do you how do you explain that? What is the benefit for an organization when they're being inclusive and allowing that culture to permeate throughout the organization? Yeah, this is, these are great questions. So again, another one that I could probably talk for a really, really long time about, but I think first, you know, everybody has to ask themselves a simple question. Can a company have a non-inclusive leadership and still be successful and profitable? And as I mentioned, I think that companies today have proven they can be extremely successful to the point, you know, the likes of which we've we've probably never seen throughout history. And and some of these companies, they're they're known for lacking inclusive leadership. So, does one have to p- possess inclusive leadership to be successful? That's an interesting start. That's an interesting. <laughs> and, I like it. Do, <laughs> thank you. Do those two factors correlate? You know, there's there's no easy answer. And I think it depends on multiple factors that are probably for another episode, right? Far more beyond the scope of this discussion. (laughs) But from my perspective, fostering an inclusive culture, it's no longer a nice to have or like a check the box, especially since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It is a must have and a new reality. But let me talk if I could for a minute about the employees. Employees are the number one resource and DNA for any company. So before a company can talk about its customer service or you know, tout about their year-on-year growth, it better be first focusing on employee satisfaction because as individuals, we all want to feel valued and appreciated. I know that, I know I do, right? We want to feel invested in the work we're doing. If we feel valued and included in the process, if we as employees are able to share our input and our views, even if the final decision may not be what we had originally advocated for, we're still far more likely to show up every day as our best selves. And you know, the saying goes, people don't leave companies, they leave poor management. So with, with that, that piece of the employee mm-hmm. next into the leadership, companies are having trouble hiring people. <laughs> You know, we are, I mean, even, even in, in my company, right, we are on a constant like growth trajectory, which is wonderful and a blessing. Yes. Such a blessing, but it's also really hard to find talent and talent globally. And And retain that talent. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, I would, I would say that we've been very fortunate in that I believe our culture is strong and we have a low turnover for us. It's really about our growth. And so it's not, again, you know, it's not because there aren't enough people to fill the vacancies. 
there are, they're, they're there, right? But it's really because the workforce is presenting employers with a new reality, a new expectation of what they want and what they need. And, and this is to join any company, right? No matter, no matter where you're sitting, what your service is, there's a new requirement that is being put on companies. And if leadership isn't listening to these needs, the cost of the employee acquisition, it is going to remain a no-win situation. And, and if I could, there's also probably another point that I should make, which is leaders don't need to be inclusive. They shouldn't be inclusive as a knee-jerk reaction to the pandemic. This is something that leaders should always have aspired to be. And unfortunately, I think it took the pandemic to really bring this to light. But now that we're here, <laughs> every step forward. And then lastly, as far as, as who, who this benefits, inclusive leadership, ultimately, it, it also benefits the client and or customer, right? Mm-hmm. When employees and leaders are working together, the company culture is strong. And this ultimately benefits the client and customer, so there, there will always be issues. There is no company that will be without issues. But when the company is thriving based on an inclusive culture, the synergy across the business and including the customer will be strong. It will be like a great trifecta, if you will. Yeah. And I think some of it comes down to when you're looking at the management's mindset and thinking, well, are our employees replaceable? Or do we value the unique value that each employee is bringing to the table? And we want to keep that person because they have the training, they have the skill set, and they know our company and they're here. I mean, the the cost of, like you're saying, acquiring someone new, onboarding someone new, and then training them up to be part of the team and understand how the company works and just get, get in. That's a huge, that's a huge amount. Last question to wrap up our discussion, although I I wish we could keep going. Um, For you, Allie, on a more personal level, whether in your personal or professional life, and they're they're all really one these days, what is something that you are working on further developing or an area where you're growing or learning on on your end? Okay. Again, how much time do we have? Well, okay, Sarah, I'm just gonna say it, right? We've we've heard many, many, many great people say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I am a constant work in progress. So for me, burnout is real. I think burnout is real at all levels. Um, no matter where you are in the company, no matter where you are in your life, I am no exception. And for for me to continue to remain an effective and inclusive leader, I also have to make sure that I'm monitoring my own well-being and being conscious of my own actions. I'm constantly aware of how a lapse in judgment can harm the trust that I have with and between other team members. And something that took, in some cases, years to build can be shattered really quickly with one poor reactive response or decision. That's true. Yep. So I'm very conscious of that. And I am, I'm an emotional leader, right? I oftentimes 
recognize that that one of my downfalls is that I am emotionally reactive. And, you know, when it comes to the health or safety or well-being of our people, those are things that really, really get me quickly. And I have to step back, you know, think about it and then respond. And same thing with with when I'm feeling overwhelmed or burned out. You know, I, I try to, like I said earlier, I try to make the conversation surrounding mental health acceptable and normal. Allie, I'm speechless. I thank you for sharing all that. I mean, I think every person can relate in one way or another. And this world is just constant. You know, you're you're attached to the world constantly through the phone, through the laptop. You don't have a minute to just be in your own space. And that's something we have to actively do. But thank you for sharing all of that. And thank you for imparting all your wisdom and experience. This episode, this has been amazing. And I'm so thankful and grateful to you for joining us. That was such a great discussion with Allie Wines. I am feeling very inspired. And we went through so many practical tips from Allie for leaders at every level and how you can be an inclusive leader and put that into practice right away. I hope that you are feeling as inspired and empowered as I am. If you have a minute to rate and review the show, we really appreciate each one. I hope that you can join us next time on Unlocking Impact. 